When I first looked at uh, the assigned passages for this Sunday and read the gospel, my thought was, I wonder which of the other readings I could preach on. <laughs> like, it's hard enough, I mean, it's so great to see these people here in church, like, trying to get everything going again after the pandemic. I was imagining, like, imagine you'd never been to church, and you come to church, and that gospel's the first thing you hear. Would you be like, wow, that's awesome, I'm all in. Sign me up. <laughs> Probably not. It's an odd collection of sayings by Jesus that are, that are mostly about the cost of discipleship and the fullness of commitment to Christ that we are called to make. I do think it's worth hearing the passage and thinking about what part of it strikes you because I think everyone is struck by a different part of the passage. You know, is it the part about hating family and life itself? Is it, do I have enough money to build this tower? Is it giving up all your possessions? Like, what, what when you hear that, like, rings true for you or strikes you? It's worth reflecting on that. But as I said, my first question was, I wonder what else I could preach on. Uh, so I want to talk about the Philemon reading, which is an extraordinary letter. In many ways, people say it's like the most human of all the letters, especially by Paul, that we have. It's, it's, it's amazing, the, the persuasion and uh, the rhetoric. In some ways, it's sort of Paul, I think, at his finest, and it, it, it lays out a, a fascinating story. So we have Paul, who's likely under house arrest. And he's writing to Philemon, who is, leads a house church. And he's writing on behalf of Onesimus, who is Philemon's slave, but somehow has ended up with Paul, and in that time with Paul, has certainly been baptized, become a follower of the way, and that changes everything. Now, we don't know why Onesimus ends up with Paul. A lot of people assume it means he's a fugitive slave, but we don't actually, we have no idea why that happened. What we do know is that he has ended up with Paul, has become a follower of the way, and now Paul, wanting Philemon to make his own choice about this matter, is sending Onesimus back. Well, outlining the extent to which things have changed because Onesimus is now one of the family of the faith. The status has changed and it needs to be addressed. I've been thinking about our parishioner, Tim Pigeon, who died in July, same, same day actually that my father-in-law died. And Tim grew up playing soccer, coached soccer. And when I was coaching my son's soccer team when he was little, um, I asked Tim for some help. 
Like, could he come help run some practices, things like that? And he connected me with something called the Positive Coaching Alliance, which was fantastic. It was so great. My favorite part of it was when you tried to have the game where the parents had to be quiet the whole game. (laughs) So the kids were only listening to the coach and not the parents. But one of the things Tim taught me from the Positive Coaching Alliance, I think he called a compliment sandwich. And it was where you would, you would, if you needed to coach a kid, you'd like pull them out of the game or grab them from the sideline. You'd speak directly to that kid. You wouldn't broadcast it to the whole team. And you would compliment them, like you're really running hard out there. Then you would give the coaching or the correction, like that way. When they're little, right? It's like swarm soccer, like whatever. Or, you know, that's who you're guarding. Stick on who you're guarding. Get back out there. I know you're going to do great. So you close with a compliment, right? A compliment, a correction or coaching, and another compliment. It's an extraordinary method of communication. I've actually not that successfully as I'd like, but I've tried to adopt it in my own life in all forms of communication. And it's something to um, think about for yourself. But what strikes me about this letter, you you don't normally associate St. Paul and the Positive Coaching Alliance, but actually, this is exactly what he's doing in this letter. He starts by thanking Philemon and saying how awesome Philemon is and all the great, and gratitude for everything Philemon has done for the church. And then says, I want you to receive Onesimus back as if you were receiving me. Not as a slave, but as a brother. And then he ends in the passage, and I know that you will do even more than I am asking. Right? It's, it, that's it. Like a compliment, the coaching, and another compliment. It's pretty extraordinary. And Paul's rhetoric is amazing. You know, he talks about how Onesimus is, has been useless to you because he hasn't been with you. But now he is useful to both of us. And it's a play on words because the name Onesimus means useful one. So he's doing a play on the name. Now, of course, it's Paul, right? So he can't help but throw in the, I will say nothing about the fact that you owe me everything (laughs) because the reason you're a Christian is because of me. So the life you have in Christ is because of me. But I'm not going to say anything about that. (laughs) Kind of a little... I don't know. It's very Paul, but clever, right? But what's going on here? Paul is trying to address the system of domination that exists in the society, but especially in the relationship between Philemon and Onesimus.
trying to address that dynamic in their status. Note that he says, receive him as a brother. Now, in that culture at that time, it would be deeply shameful to enslave a member of your family. So he's sort of challenging Philemon at the same time. Like, I'm telling you to receive him as your brother, not as a slave. And you cannot enslave your brother. So Onesimus' status has changed. Paul is challenging Philemon to change the status of that dominant relationship, which means Philemon is giving up something he owns. But Paul also says, hey, if he owes you anything, I'll make it right. Right? Like, I'll take that debt. So it's challenging that whole relationship and how we understand subservient and superior. And taking someone who is property and making them an equal. It's quite extraordinary what he is doing here. And what I love about the letter, right, is it's in the Bible, but we actually don't know what happens. We don't know how Philemon responds. We don't know what Philemon does. And what I love about that is it leaves it as kind of an open-ended question for all of us who read it today. Are there relationships in your own life where you are one of those characters? Where there's someone who you view as subservient to you. Or someone whom you are subservient to. Or perhaps there's someone in your life where you feel you need to intercede on their behalf with someone else. There's a kind of reconciliation going on, right? A reshuffling of these relationships. So I read this letter as if I'm Philemon and wondering, okay, who is the Onesimus in my life? Not that there's only one. And what, what does my response need to be? What do I need to do? And God is good because I love that we have this passage on Labor Day weekend where we give thanks for those whose labor makes our lives possible. And for some reason when I was working on this, I I just had this vivid recollection of something that happened when I was in elementary school. I was in like fifth grade maybe. And I grew up in Salt Lake City and uh, the school district I was in we had, the, or the elementary school I was in, there was the playground and then a fence and a bunch of buildings. And I remember one day there'd been a fresh snow had fallen the night before. And we're all out on the playgrounds and all of a sudden a, a garbage truck comes into the buildings next across the fence next to the playground. And a garbage man starts 
putting the trash, dealing with all the trash. And we all start making snowballs and trying to hit the garbage man. And uh, now the school district I grew up in, there probably weren't a lot of uh, children of garbage men in that school district, right? Uh, just the way the economics worked in where I grew up. And he stopped, and he walked over to the fence. And um, I won't repeat the swear words he used, which were totally appropriate. But he said something to the effect of, just because I'm a bleeping garbage man doesn't mean I'm not a person. And I still feel shame when I remember that, the way we were treating him. We weren't throwing snowballs at anyone else getting in their car. It was the garbage man we were throwing him at. I still viscerally remember that. And I was like, like I said, fourth or fifth grade. It's visceral, that memory for me. When I was in high school for two summers, I worked as a, a plumber's assistant for a family friend who lived in our neighborhood, but he ran the plumbing company. I'm so glad I had that job. It was great, such a great experience. And part of what I loved, most people treat everyone fine, but you could tell who kind of looked down at you as a, someone who was, you know, digging trenches in their basement for their new plumbing line, and people who just treated you as another human being. I'm so glad I had that experience. It was, it was really, it's not, how I grew up, and so I was so grateful for that experience. And for me, it was sort of a Paul, Philemon, Anissimus experience of how do we understand people? How do we view people? What are the systems of domination and power that exist in our society today and the way that we operate within them? Paul is speaking to every one of us Right? Like, I don't know what all you do li for a living, but I know for almost 19 years I've been a rector of a church in Ross. I don't mean that as a criticism of our community, but it's more similar to the situation I grew up in. So I hear that letter, and maybe you do too, about speaking to me, especially Labor Day. How do I view people, regardless of their faith? Do I view them as my brother and my sister in Christ? Can I let go of the power dynamics or the things that might make me feel superior, which are actually really weak and lame and not at all Christ-like? That is what Paul is asking us. How will we respond?